All right, good morning, everyone. In the interest of your time, I wanna make sure that we're starting on time. You should see a PowerPoint presentation in front of you that I will use and that also was included in the uh, attached to the email that I sent you. So um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Gwen Kennedy. I am the legislative liaison for Loudoun County. I'm the staff liaison. I work with a set of lobbyists in Richmond known as Hefty Wiling Gore during the General Assembly session to basically implement the board's legislative program as well as um, as well as dealing with legislation that's coming through through the session. So in general today, I'm gonna go over um, three different things. So the next hour, I'm hoping you'll have a better understanding of all the processes at play during a legislative session. And you're here today because you have been identified by your department head as either a reviewer or viewer of legislation on behalf of your department. So the three areas I'll go over first is we'll provide an overview of the General Assembly and legislative process in Virginia. As part of this, we'll also discuss the dynamics at play in 2021, as well as legislation we expect will be introduced. Um, second, I would then will go over the internal county processes and your role in providing feedback on legislation introduced. And lastly, I will go over how to effectively use LBRS or the legislative bill review system for session and will provide a live demonstration of the system. So I, there will be an opportunity for you to ask questions at the end of each section of the agenda. So there is a chat box that's associated with WebEx due to the number of people. I have your webcams and mics off. However, if you have a question, just go ahead and put it in the chat box and we'll go through those questions at the end of each section. So with that, I am going to continue and I welcome you to the webinar. So the first thing to know is that Virginia is what we call a Dillon Rule state, which means that the local governments only have those powers expressly granted by state legislature. Um, the General Assembly consists of two houses, which is the House of Delegates and the Senate. Um, there are 100 members in the House of Delegates. They serve a two-year term, and the presiding officer is known as the Speaker of the House. The speaker um, assigns all bills to House committees and appoints the chairs and members of each of the 14 standing committees that are in the House of Delegates. That speaker also provides over the daily session. And we have um, seven members in Loudoun County that represent um, us in the General Assembly. In most cases, they're representing multiple jurisdictions except for one, which is Delegate Reed, who represents just Loudoun. Uh, we There are 40 members of the Senate. Um, they are elected for a four-year period, and the lieutenant governor presides over the Senate. A senator represents about 200,000 citizens, and we have four members um, of the Senate. Um, we have four members that are of the Senate, and they all, and all four senators actually represent multiple jurisdictions. Uh, in general, the length of the session correlates with the budget. So a long session usually runs 60 days and a short session normally runs 45 days. And, I, and I'm saying normally and the short session because this year is going to be a little different. According to the constitution, a, a short session, which is basically the second year of a biennial budget because we have the state budget is a two-year budget. Um, 
is nor is the constitution says it can be 30 days or extended by two thirds of the houses. At this point, we know um, or have heard that extension is not going to happen. So the normal session that runs 45 days will actually run 30 days this year. The session always convenes the second Wednesday in January. So that will be January 13th. Um, as I had mentioned, the Virginia has a biennial budget system, which means that it's adopted um, to, it's every two years. Uh, the biennial budget is enacted into law in even numbered years and amendments to it are enacted in odd number of years. The developing of the Commonwealth's budget is a process that takes many months, similar to the counties, and involves many participants from the public to the state agencies to the legislature. And the one important thing to understand is that the budget itself is considered a bill, and so it is being reviewed simultaneously and changing um, during the session, just like any other piece of legislation. It will go to the money committees and then goes through a committee process, just like any normal piece of legislation. The the other important thing about a bud the budget itself is the fact that. Um, the budget supersedes any other piece of legislation. So if there is a bill that's passed, but then somehow gets negated in the budget, the budget supersedes that legislation. So the next slide, I'm just going to kind of explain to you a little bit about the legislative process. Um, so in general, legislators don't usually have bill limits on the number of pre-file bills they can introduce. And um, However, that this year is changing. So a legislator can file seven, the House um, can file seven bills total um, in the House. So each member can file several bills, seven bills total, and the Senate can only file 12 bills. So if you do the math that with the number we explained before, that means we'll see a total of 1180 bills this year from the General Assembly. Um, what happens is that a bill is um, can originate in either the Senate or the House of Delegates, and the senator or delegate will prepare to introduce legislation. Um, so, so for example, I'll explain later. We have um, items that we seek, and so they they work on those for us. And the senator and delegate then explains their proposal to what they call the Division of Legislative Services, which are staff attorneys for the state who basically check existing law and the constitutionality of the proposed legislation. And then they draft a bill. And if um, those members are happy with that, they what they do is file the bill. So what you'll see on the, the presentation is after the bill is filed, it is then assigned to a committee. Um, once it is assigned to a committee, it will um, if it, it will most likely get docketed and then heard in committee. And so that committee process could be two multiple levels. It could also go to subcommittee and have to move from subcommittee to full. But once a bill is actually approved by the committee or, um, and, it, and it moves to the floor. So once it moves to the floor, there are three, constitu two, three, three constitutional readings. The first reading is just the title printed in the calendar. The second reading is um, again, is um, what's in the respective calendar. And um, on the second reading, the bill is amenable, so they can amend the legislation. And on the third reading, they're going to vote to whether they're going to pass the bill. If the bill is approved, it's engrossed by the respective House and held there until what we call crossover. And crossover is the date by which one um, bill moves over to the other side of the House to go through the same process. 
once it goes through the same process, if it makes it through the same process, it's enrolled um, and signed by the speaker and president and then sent to the governor for signature. So the governor can do multiple things. He can veto the legislation, he can offer amendments, um, or he can sign the legislation. Um, there is a difference between, if there's a difference between a version of a bill that's passed by the House and Senate, it will then go to conference committee where those um, differences are resolved. Um, most bills are actually effective July 1st, unless there's an emergency clause. And an emergency clause, usually says as of the date of passage. So whenever it's passed by both houses, it actually will become law. Um, and then just to kind of give you an understanding of what we dealt with last year in 2020 session, there were 3,900 bills that were introduced, 1,289 that were approved and 385 continued to next session. Um, actually the 385 didn't make it through. That would have, they would have had to make a decision about those bills um, on November 30th. So the number of bills we'll be dealing with this year are about less than a third of what we had seen the previous year. So some dates that I think are really important for you to know um, is that first the governor's budget, the, so his amendments to the budget were released yesterday. Staff is um, working through those amendments to determine the impacts to the county and how it might meet the board's funding priorities. Um, the, as I mentioned, the General Assembly session begins on January 13th. This is also the deadline to pre-file pre deadline to, for bills. Um, and then normally uh, by the 22nd, we would see um, any other bills filed. And then VACO VML Legislative Day, which is a day that the local governments basically lobby the General Assembly, is January 28th. Um, and, and you'll see that I have the crossovers are known and I'll explain that in a second. And then General Assembly session end, is expected to end on February 11th and the reconvened session will be March 24th. Now, the tentative dates for crossover and afterwards are, are tentative because dates may change based on a procedural resolution. Um, what we have, what I have noted before is that the session will last only, is only supposed to last 30 days, but the procedural resolution is what outlines when crossover happens, when session begins, when it ends. Um, we did not actually have a procedural resolution during the special session that ran um, through August through November, which is why it ran so long, because there were no rules that applied. So we could see some, obviously, we're going to have some challenges related to that. Um, but but in general, these are the dates that I think will, if, it, if the 30 days holds true, what we'll see. Um, the other thing just to note is that if the General Assembly does not complete the work they have, they need to by the 30 day deadline, the governor could call a special session if that's not completed. That's the, the process that we we understand at this point. So just some dynamics at play during the 2021 session is first of all, um, normally the General Assembly meets during uh, in the Pocahontas building and in the Capitol. However, those buildings are going to remain closed to the public. So the House is actually going to hold virtual 
will be totally virtual. They use the Zoom platform to do meetings and the Senate will actually convene in the Science Museum in Richmond. So we will have limited access to legislators. Um, we will only be able to contact them by phone and electronic means, which is email and text messaging um, or setting up virtual meetings with them uh, or their staff during the session. As I also noted, um, the bill draft limits are seven in the House and 12 in the Senate. So that is that's actually good and bad in the sense that it limits um, the ability for the localities to make sure that their bills are covered because it's so tight. But at the same time, it also ensures that there are way fewer bills to, to review. Um, so that should help with the timelines we're dealing with. Um, this year's uh, we is anticipated to be a tight budget year, um, or, or was rather before the, the before the governor introduced. Um, and, and our legislators had told us um, during the meeting with their with the board that the amendments are going to need to focus on one time costs. Um, I will note, however, that the governor's budget does include an additional $1.2 million over the biennium based on the most recent forecasts. So I expect him to restore funding previously unallocated in other budgets. He's also um, putting more money into the reserve should we need it um, later. And so those are some of the things that we're seeing um, in the budget. Uh, and then to other just some dynamics at play which affect things are statewide elections in November 2021. As I mentioned, the House has a two-year term, so all members of the House are going to be up for re-election uh, in November. And a lot of the General Assembly members are also running for executive office. So they're running for, there's a bunch, several of them running for governor and, and lieutenant governor. So um, we could definitely, that obviously plays into the dynamics of how the session will run. So some major topics that we will likely see in legislation this year are affordable housing, um, broadband, so funding for broadband and policy action on broadband. Um, Children's Services Act is, is, is a topic that normally comes up. We will see issues related to COVID-19. The governor um, does include $90 million for a vaccination plan. Um, in the budget, noting that the federal government pays for the vaccine, but the, the state has to help pay for the supplies and distribution. Um, electronic meetings have been a big topic in the General Assembly, uh, both in relation to when if there's a state of emergency and um, in participation. Uh, their expungement of records is something that I will come back this year. They could not decide on a bill during special session. However, there is money that the governor put in the budget to address expungement and to start working on that. So I could we could see that K through 12 funding is going to be a big item. Um, if you haven't seen any press releases, legalization of marijuana is also going to be a topic of discussion. Um, sick leave legislation and qualified immunity uh, is also going to be on on there. So. With that, I'll answer the first set of questions. So let me go, sorry, let me go to the chat box. So from uh, Mr. Clemens with COVID-19 protocols in the General Assembly, can we make reservations to visit legislators? Are they limiting lobby activities to certain individuals? 
So what I'll say is that um, based on what we know, you you could set up virtual meetings or phone calls with your legislator, with legislators, but they're not going to allow in-person meetings. Um, so we will still have the ability to to meet and talk to the legislators, but it just we won't be able to do that in person. Um, Ms. Reed asked, can you clarify distinction between amendments and bills in regarding to focus on one-time costs? Um, so if, so in general, just so you're aware, if a bill has a fiscal impact, that bill will go to the appropriate to House Appropriations and Senate Finance Committee to be discussed so that they know that it is in so that they ensure that the budget has money available to pay for that specific um, bill. So that in general is how that works. Um, any bill that has a monetary uh, that has a, a a fiscal impact has to go through the money committees to ensure that that money is actually included in the budget that gets passed by the General Assembly. And then there was a question. Oh, what is qualified immunity? Um, this is this is hard to explain and I, and I can send out an email about it. But in general, um, we have we have what is called sovereign immunity in some cases qualified immunity so that we have immunity from being the government itself has immunity from being sued from individuals and so um in the sense of qualified immunity that's obviously qualified depending on um what actually happens and so someone doesn't automatically get that immunity um they it is qualified uh can I send out a list of the Loudoun legislators along with their email addresses and phone numbers? Uh, the, that is actually on our webpage on loudon.gov slash legislators. If you go to loudon.gov slash, sorry, loudon.gov slash legislative, the program that we have is on that website as well as there's a link to both the federal and state legislators, um, their email addresses as well as their office contact information. Another question is, does the governor plan to provide economic relief support for restaurants and small businesses impacted by his executive orders per COVID-19? I mean, right now he has uh, a, there is a grant program that is available. Um, it's called Rebuild Virginia from the state in relation to COVID-19. So businesses can apply to that. I expect that if there's an extension from the federal government, <clears throat> on COVID-19 relief, that there will be additional money being provided to that program. So businesses can use the state program to um, apply for grants. So I, I think that is all the questions I see. So with that, I'm gonna move on to the overview of the internal processes and your role in providing feedback on pending legislation. So each year, the board develops a legislative program made up of four main components. Um, the first is um, the program includes what we call priority statements, which set out the board's overarching priorities in the areas of transportation, land use, taxing authority, and state funding. 
There are also priority initiatives. These are items that the county wants to initiate and pursue specific legislation on. Um, and so these are actually bills that require sponsorship by members of the House and Senate. So we con we ask the members of our delegation to actually sponsor legislation on behalf of the board. Um, there are also administrative initiatives in the program, which are items that we will work on with the agencies or the administration on changes we'd like to see to policies. So this is another mechanism. Sometimes things don't require a legislative change, but are more policy and agency driven. And so we also include those in our program. So it, it, it is clear that the board wants to solve those particular issues. And then we also have something called policy statements which address state legislative and policy issues of importance to the county. And the reason why a policy statement is important in, in the sense of the program is that it it's statements of, you know, of support or opposition to specific items. And so if a bill comes up, the, the legislative team knows based on those statements um, whether whether or not we will move forward. Um, if a, if something comes up in the General Assembly, then I'll talk about that process. Um, then obviously the board needs to make a, um, we need to determine whether there's an impact of that. And then the board will make um, a decision on whether they want to support or oppose that. So anything that's not in the program does have to come before the board for action. Um, so the legislative program, as I had mentioned, guides the work of the county's legislative team in Richmond. I, I gave you a link to the program, which is this lawn.gov slash legislative. So you can go through the program and see specifically the things that we um, are working on this year are tagging. So I don't want to, that's a lot to go through. So you can do that on time that you have. And of, of course, I can answer any questions if you want to send them to me. Um, the the um, mid this is the general process for state the, to, for developing the state legislative program, which I think is really important as bill reviewers um, to understand this is how we develop the program, and then you know you're going to be assisting with um, reviewing impacts later. So in mid June we have a deadline for departments in actually the board to submit legislative initiatives, policy statements, or funding priorities to the legislative team. In June through July the legislative team vets those requests, and then we work to develop in August the appropriate program language. Um, the reason why the vetting is important is that obviously um, there's 30 some departments, um, there's nine board members, so we we definitely want to to make sure we understand what we're trying to accomplish and then what the priority of those initiatives will be. Um, so in September, we review with the chair and the vice chair per the policies of the board, what uh, changes we are recommending for the legislative program. And then we bring those changes to the board in the second business meeting. Um, in October, we finalize the draft program and send it to the public hearing. And then in November, December, we revise that program as necessary. So for example, this year, we had an additional initiative, a FOIA initiative that we brought to the board that they adopted on December 1st. So the program was, um, was revised accordingly. And that is the most recent version on the website. So, um, as part of each year, we have basically two, two distinct waves of introduced uh, legislation being introduced during session. So although 
pre-filing starts now and there have been some bills that have um, what we call dropped or been filed. Um, usually the bills don't get filed to the last three days before session starts, um, which is like I mentioned is January 13th. So then any other bill usually has to um, be filed the, the week and a half after the first day. So it's like the Friday of the next week. I will note this is all different this year because like I said, um, there's bill limitations. Um, there is a shorter session. So I just think things are going to move a lot faster. And so what we're doing is that when a when a bill is filed, the legislative team is reviewing the legislation and assigning it into the legislative bill review system for staff review. And before we do that, we ask ourselves a series of questions. First, we're going to say, we're going to ask, does it fit a board priority or statement in the legislative program? If it does, then we already know what the board's um, response to that is, and we may contact you specifically about um, the impacts, but in general, those bills don't get assigned because we already know that the board has a position on them. We're also going to ask, could it impact the county? If the answer is yes, then we're going to ask ourselves, will it move through the legislative process? Because there's no sense in assigning a bill to staff for review if we know it has no chance of going through, getting through the legislative process. So we are doing all that filtering before we actually even put a bill into the system and ask you as staff to review it. So once um, we put a bill into the system, staff is going to review and provide input. The bills are going to be actively, they're going to, bills that are actively supported or opposed by staff are flagged by the legislative team. Um, bills that are critical for the county to weigh in on are brought before the chair and the vice chair. And we do that through a weekly process. We have a meeting with the chair and the vice chair every week to talk about bills that we think, um, based on staff's review, should be brought before the board as they don't currently have a position. And those positions are then brought before the board at a business meeting after that conversation with the chair and vice chair. And then whatever that outcome is um, by the board is communicated to members of our delegation and other general assembly members. Um, so, so staff, and, and, and I'll talk about this, but staff is always asked to review a bill within one to two business days. And that's gonna be crucial this year as the timelines for are super fast. Um, we have heard that the House may meet um, seven days a week for the first two weeks of session. Um, so that all is going to be critical as we um, deal with it. So I'll explain how what you'll see in the in the process in the program. Um, but with that, for right now, I'm going to go back and answer any questions you have in the chat box. And oh, the one thing to note is that um, Missy Springs said that qualified immunity, just to go back to the qualified immunity question, applies to individuals and not the county. Sorry. Um, the GA is looking to strip immunity from law enforcement officers. So that is the that is the the general issue is that there was bills last year that um, was specifically targeted for qualified immunity for law enforcement. And so we expect similar type of legislation to be brought forward this year. So does anyone have any questions um, about the topic, the last section I just went over? I don't see anything else in the chat box. Okay. All right. 
them one second. Okay. So um, moving forward, if I don't see any questions in the chat box, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk now about how to effectively use the legislative bill review system. Um, so the legis sorry, wrong way. <laughs> the legislative bill review system is the system that the county uses to do internal review of legislation that's introduced in the General Assembly. Um, this help the system itself collects input from county staff and um, comments basic, as I mentioned, inform our positions and actions on pending legislation. So we go through that internal process once people have responded in the legislative bill review system. So in order to find the legislative bill review system, and, and we, we, we shorten that to LBRS, so that's how I'll say it, um, you're going to go to the Loudoun County intranet page. You're going to look under the resources tab. You're going to select legislative bill review, and you're gonna, you can log into the system using your Loudoun.gov email address. So I will note that the password is not the same as your Active Directory. So if you don't remember your password, you can ask the system reset it by going to change password. So there's a process by which the system will let you re, re, um, reset your password. And you can also contact myself in, in, uh, in Will and I'll give you our contact information at the end if you need help with the system. So when you go to LBRS, so there's two sections that you're gonna see. First is the bills to be reviewed. Um, that is, those are the bills that have been assigned to a reviewer or viewer and, and note when a response is needed. And the bills completed are bills which have been reviewed fully. So once you actually review a bill, it'll drop down into the section called bills completed. And I'm gonna give you a demonstration of this so you'll see what I'm talking about um, when about the bill review. In general, there's a list of features that I'm gonna go over. Um, first of all, there's the bill type. The type of bill refers to what kind of bill the legislation is and in which house of the Virginia General Assembly it originated. So anything you see with an H is going to, it originates in the House of Delegates. Anything with an S originates in the Senate. Um, a House bill in general is an HB, a Senate is a SB, and then you have different acronym or different initials for whether it's a joint resolution or resolution of the House in the Senate. You'll also see um, listed the version of the bill. So this refers to the version of the bill or budget language, which typically changes throughout the session as a result of legislative maneuvering, modifications, and wholesale changes. So when you first see something, you're mostly going to see an I that's indicated because that is an introduced piece of legislation. However, there the bills change as they move through the process. And if if we need um, additional review on um, a total substitute or an amended bill, we'll reassign that bill, but you'll see that it, it definitely has changed and it has um, some type of amendments or notes that need to, we want you to re review it again um, to make sure that there's no other impacts to the substitute or amendments. As I mentioned, the, the Senate has 
about 11 committees. This is the um, committee codes that you will see when you go into the system. So this indicates in which committee that the bill is originating in. So I will note that bills can obviously um, be sent or referred from one committee to another with any bill that has a fiscal impact being um, being sent to Senate finance or in the case of the next slide, it, the same thing with House appropriations. So there's 14 different committees um, in the House. These are them um, and these are the codes that you will see. Um, so this is in your presentation that I sent you, but it's also in the manual, um, the legislative bill review manual, um, which indicates which, which committee these are in. So other parts of the bill page, the features include the date the bill was assigned in the system, um, this, the state senator or house delegate who is the primary sponsor of the legislation. So you'll see that if that's, you know, Delegate Reed, it'll say Reed. If it's um, Senator Favola, it'll say Favola. Um, what the bill actually relates to, it's an abbreviated subject line, which attempts to capture the purpose of the legislation or its intent. So this will give you just a quick indication of what the bill is actually going to be talking about that you're reviewing. And then if we have any special comments on the bill by leg the legislative team, we'll put that in there. Sometimes that um, is if there's a, a companion bill, which means there's a, the same bill in the House and the Senate, we'll note that. So we're only assigning one version for staff to review, but we wanna keep sure, make sure we note it to ourselves that there's another version of the bill out there. Or if there's a change, um, you know, to the bill, we might say something like that in their comments as well. So, the, so as part of bill review, you're actually going to receive an email notification from the system. It, I believe it'll say it's from me that you have a bill assigned for you to review at 5 p.m. each day unless the bill is considered urgent. So if you're getting a bill re review in the middle of the day, that means I or will have signified that it's an urgent request that you review the bill. The bill review needs to be completed within one to two business days. And, and I can't stress this enough um, because of how tight our processes are and everything having to potentially, you know, if it's if we don't have a position and having to go before the board, if there's an impact to your department, we really need to know as quickly as possible what the impacts are. So I would say to you, I would recommend to you to maybe block some time for bill review, especially that first week, the, the, the second full week in January and the third full week in January, because that's when you're going to get most of these requests from us. And so you're going to be asked to either view or review a bill, and there's a difference between that. So this kind of talks a little bit about um, the difference, the steps for a bill reviewer and the viewer. So if you're a reviewer, you're going to select when you are going to review the bill, you're going to select review. If you're a viewer, you're going to select view. So the difference between a reviewer and viewer mostly is that a reviewer is able to actually put a position on behalf of the department. A reviewer can also see all the comments from all the departments. A viewer from the department perspective is can provide um, input on how it impacts, but someone else in your department has been designated as the reviewer to provide the position on behalf of your department. So you will be able to um, answer the two impact questions, which are, does the legislation impact county operations? Does it fiscally impact the county? 
You're going to be able to provide an explanation um, in the text box and you can submit that. And then the reviewers in your department um, that have been assigned to that bill will see your answer. And they can use that to basically provide a position on behalf of your department. They can answer um, the impact questions as well. They can decide whether they're going to notify me. Um, I'll explain that. And then they can provide a written explanation as well and submit. I will note to, to bill reviewers, I, please do not um, ask to notify the legislative liaison in every single bill that you are assigned. The, the purpose of that, that notification system, because it'll send me an email automatically, is that if there is a major issue with the bill that you feel needs to be notified right away, then do that. But if you're just reviewing something and your position is general interest or no interest, you don't need to notify the legislative liaison because I'm going to get an email notification every single time that you do that. Okay, so in the system, there are four options for positions to take on a bill. There's no interest, general interest, actively support, and actively oppose. So the position should be made based on your professional experience and judgment. The point of this system is, is for you as county staff to tell us as a legislative team what impacts there are and whether that bill, um, whether the bill is good for the county, bad for the county, or in general, we don't, it doesn't impact the county. So you either have no interest or you might have a general interest in it to see how things might move, but you're not advocating for it one way or another. Um, the, what you, the position you take in the, in what you write actually serves as the county staff recommendation to the board of supervisors. So if we, if we get this from you and we see that you actively support and are opposed something and that, um, you, you know, we're realizing this is a major problem or something, you know, that would be really great for us, we may contact you outside of the system to get more information and we'll use that to basically write up a background for the chair and the vice chair and for the board. So it is important actually what you what you write um, and, and what you signal to us are issues um, for our issues. So a position of active support, support or actively opposed must accompany a written response. Please do not write a position of actively support and actively oppose and not write a written response. Again, the written, then that will, that is a lot more work for us. And plus, you know, it, it doesn't really help us understand what the problem is or why the bill might be good for the county. We really need you to provide a written response um, to a position that you take especially if it's actively supported or actively opposed. Um, so as I had mentioned, the system was upgraded to allow you to see other staff's comments. So viewers are gonna see comments from your department and reviewers you're gonna see comments from all departments. And, and, and we did this because it will, um, it'll help inform the reviewers um, decision or you know, input from their department, other people in their department. On, on what they think about a bill, and then also be able to use the responses from other departments um, to help create craft their response or to maybe um, point out something that's not already discussed. So can you can everyone not hear me? 
Is this what's happening? Okay. Okay, because it said someone lost me. I was out for maybe five seconds. Okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. All right. So I'm going to go to the live demonstration. I'm actually just going to pull it up over from um, another page. So you should be able to see this. So you should now at this point see the, the home page for the legislative bill review system. So as I had mentioned, you know, you're going to log in and do your password. At when I what I noted before, if you forget your password, you can use this middle function to send you a new password. I think one of the things that are confusing is when you get the password, it'll say like something like must change with a bunch of numbers and letters. You need to include that whole thing when you go come back into the system to change your password as an old password and then to put in a new password. I think that gets confusing to people, but that's how the system does it. Um, so I'm gonna log into the system and then I'm gonna go to what you're gonna see. So I'll, I'll show you actually. So this is what I see because I'm an editor of the system. So I have a lot more capability in the system to run reports and do things. I think it's probably important for you guys to see all of those. I can, I can run reports on um, specific uh, bills. I can run sp on specific positions. So this is how we pull the data every single day. We look at what the position is, and if we see that there's an actively support and it's between these dates, then we know it's new, and then that's how we kind of keep track of how everything's running. So, um, but what you see is this. You're going to see, like I mentioned before, here is their bills to re-review, and here's your the bills that have been reviewed, and you'll see it pop down. You'll see here, this is, as I mentioned, this is a House bill. The bill number itself is 1744 and it is introduced here um, is actually the this is what we call the URL for the for the item. I think it just messed me up. Um, and that URL basically is going to go to the status of the bill. When you come. If you click on the bill number itself that's here, it's actually going to be connected to a PDF of the bill. So you'll be able to look at it by line item. Um, I'll just do it so you can see it. Maybe not. <laughs> but, but anyways, it is going to introduce, it's going to see this is the bill. So this bill, um, you know, it has line items. So the, the point of that is, is if that is there a specific line item that's a problem, you can actually direct us to that line item by looking at the, the PDF. So the bill date that was assigned is I assigned this bill yesterday into the system to myself. The patron of it is um, Delegate Campbell. At this point, we don't know, it, the, the bill hasn't been assigned to a committee, so it'll say unknown. And then we know that the bill relates to animal care, zoos and petting zoos and seizures of animals. And so if I have a special comment, I'm going to write it. We're going to put it in right here and then I'm going to hit review. So this is we're going to be reviewing. It shows you that the, the, the people that it's been assigned to 
in a list. So the bill reviewers and responses that it's been assigned to, I'm going to be listed. And if there's other departments that are here, it's going to list those people as well. And it's going to give you a status of whether or not any, that person has reviewed the bill yet. Then it's going to also, it, you're going to ask, answer a couple of questions. Does the legislation impact county operations? I'm going to say yes in this case. Does this legislation fiscally impact the county? I'll say yes. And then I'm going to give a position. So we'll say, I'm, we're going to say we're going to post this bill. Or so, I think I support that bill. Anyways, um, and then here's where I said the note, the notification. So it, it gives you instructions. Please only select yes if this bill requires special attention or further discussion from me. If you're going to put something that's no interest or general interest, please do not ask to notify the legislative liaison. And then the response box is here and it basically says, you know, um, gives you an opportunity to say that, you know, we support this bill as written um, or or something that you want to say or we think can be modified in a certain way. OK, this is just an example. You can you can do what you think is is right. But basically, I it gives I'm answering the questions. I am putting a response, hopefully more than one sentence, to definitely thoroughly say why I'm supporting or actively opposing the bill, and then I'm going to submit that. When I submit it, it's showing that I I successfully reviewed it, and now it is in my bill review section, and I do have the ability to look at what I wrote or to edit what I wrote as part of that. So I can I can edit the bill um, as well and change change all of it and then basically resubmit it. All right. So that is the extent of the the program. So at this point, I'm just gonna see if there are any. Um, we're gonna go back to the PowerPoint presentation. Um, and I'm going to answer any questions in the chat box if you have any additional questions. I will note that during the session, Will Smith um, from Finance and Budget will be the management fellow will be helping me. Um, if you have any particular questions related to the system, to the legislative bill review system, how it works, what you should be doing, please contact him at extension 8582 or his um, email, which is william.smith at loud.gov. And he'll be able to help you with those. I obviously am available, but sometimes with session running, um, I, I, my availability is more limited. So he can definitely help you with those questions on the system. Um, one of the questions we have, are you expecting a unified provision from all staff members who work in a department? The, the answer is no to that. Um, we are not, but I will note, um, that if we see discrepancies, we will contact the department, um, most likely the department head, to have that conversation to see what um, the issues are. That is part of the reason why we have reviewers and reviewers and viewers. Some people who have been assigned as a viewer in the system, they'll be able to provide the input, but they're not providing the final position because there's someone who's been designated in the department to do that. But if there are any differences, um, between people within a department and actually if there are any differences between people um, in different departments, 
we we try to work all that obviously out before we're bringing you something to the for the board for consideration. All right, and Chief Johnson has asked if I can and offer a suggestion. Yes, so give me one second. One second, Chief. All right, Chief, you should be able to talk. Thank you. And that, that the last question was pretty relevant to what we do here in, in fire and rescue. Obviously, we have yeah. lots of review based on operations, fire marshal's office, administrative, um, and my office, and so forth. And what we do here, just to offer a suggestion, that Mary McGuire acts as our kind of coordinator for all of our legislative efforts. So we have an internal process that she had worked to develop electronically. So when we submit our comments, because again, the last thing Gwen wants is a different comment from me than Chief Carlson or Chief Hale. That's kind of make, that puts the work back on her to figure out what the right is. So we try and be on the same page. So do that internally with the, with the large department to try and give Gwen, when we give a response, it's kind of like our, our, um, uh, uh, coordinated response from fire and rescue. I mean, there are times that we may differ, but again, that doesn't help when if we're on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as how we uh, we try and bring out all the points. But um, so feel free to reach out to Mary McGuire and, and certainly offer she could help as far as we do that. But um, it, again, if we try and help Gwen and Will out because um, the, if they get things that you know opposite end of the spectrum than one doesn't, then they got to, you know, go through the work. And it, the object is to make it easier for them when they have, don't have much time. So just want to offer that, that we, you know, we do something a little bit different here internally before we submit it on your process. So thanks. Yeah, Chief, that's a good point. And, and there are other departments who do similar processes where there is only one person who's designated as the final reviewer. So they're providing one position. And I know that's the position of the department. Um, and they're kind of coordinating within the department. So that does happen in multiple departments. But as Chief mentioned, if you have questions, obviously you can contact Mary McGuire or, or me as well. We can kind of help you sort through that if that's what's needed. Okay, so I, I think with that, um, I don't see any more questions in the chat box. I, I really do want to thank you all for taking time today to um, speak about with me about or, or actually listen because you didn't speak, but listen to um, this webinar and to really um, understand why your role is so critical and important um, in in the legislative bill review process. We, we would not have an understanding of the impacts to the county if it weren't for county staff taking time, which I know is additional to what you're already doing uh, for work, but taking time to really explain um, what the impacts of a particular piece of legislation are so that we can we can make sure that we're advocating it, uh, advocating, you know, for or against something so that, you know, later down the road, it's not having impacts to the department. So, um, we, we definitely appreciate all the time you take. I, I know it's tough given all your other responsibilities, but it is something that's critical to the process. And so I would just thank you ahead of time um, for, for assisting us in this. So with that, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, 
we will be done. I will note that this presentation, I'm recording it, so it will be um, located on the intranet page. If you go to county admin and intranet, you're gonna, um, you can actually, you'll be able to um, access this and the presentation will be there as well. So thank you and I hope you all have happy holidays. All right, bye.